If anyone wants to dance, this might be your only chance all evening, so please dance. It's, 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 uh, it's my, uh, my Magna Carta, it's my autobiography, it's, uh, it's a song I wrote. Back in 2011, Big Monster Love, a.k.a. Cormac McCanny, released his debut album, Game Over. And since then, he kind of fell off the radar, musically anyway. In that time, he's been writing a lot about history. He wrote a book called True Dublin about the city during the final decades of the 19th and the early decades of the 20th centuries. But now he's back gigging again. So what better time to sit down for a chat with Big Monster Love? I'm Liam Garrity. It's time to meet. Your maker. <coughs> Excuse me. Meet your maker. Cormac and his family lived in County Meath until he was six. And my parents had a bookshop in Swords that they'd opened some years before that and they were travelling back and forth on the worst road in Ireland so they decided to up sticks to Swords. So I would say if I th- thought of a hometown or a place I grew up I, th- I think of Swords before I think of Ashburn. Was there a big difference between Meath and, you know, Swords? It's interesting you say that because when you're a child, everything's a big difference. Everything from the height of the curbs. I remember in, in Ashburn, there was a lot of the streets were made of concrete, whereas a lot of them were tarmacked and swords. And it's all ridiculous to an adult. But when you're a child, it makes a big difference. But it wasn't any huge adjustment. It was a whole new bunch of friends and new places to have adventures. I started piano lessons when about seven or eight. I might have been eight years old. I know that my, my mother had me down on a on a waiting list. It was very hard to get a teacher. So it could have been a gap. But I think about when I was about eight, a couple of weeks later, I, I wrote a song that my mother still goes on about that I should put out and release, but it's never going to happen. <laughs> what was the song about? It was, a, it was a, like a, a really, um, I don't know if the term was obsequious, but it was a really uh, corny Christmas song. Um, that she still thinks is like a work of genius, you know, undiscovered genius. But uh, yeah, that, that was my first foray in songwriting. There was a long hiatus thereafter. <laughs> my dad was originally from Tyrone. He was a, a secondary school teacher and my mother was from Monaghan. She'd moved to Dublin like, as a teenager to work in Ironets. Were your parents very musical at all? Um, they could not have been any less musical, really. My mother listened to soundtracks of some of the um, stuff like South Pacific, some of the kind of classic musicals. My dad in the 60s, I think he would have known and folk songs and stuff, but he didn't. He wasn't a singer. He was more, he would recite stuff. But remarkably, they both came from families where although there was a bit of singing, there was no, there was none of the magical, you know, my granddad played the fiddle or anything like that. As far, especially in particular, my dad's side of the family, they seem to be um, a pack of philosophers in a good way. I did piano lessons for years until I was, say, at least 16, and it was, I got up to 
I think I've completed grade five. It's not 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 remarkable, but you know I'm fairly competent still on piano. At that point, I decided to start learning pieces that I wanted to learn. So I learned a number of like the, the famous classical ones, you know, um, Moonlight Sonata and stuff like that. that you can, I can still play, and people still go, "Wow, would you play it in the piano in the lobby of a hotel at three in the morning?" But I started. When attempting to write songs, it's funny. Like there was, there was probably years where I had the notion of being a songwriter without any of the any of the prerequisites to be one. I have to say that, and I, I don't know if any other musicians have said this or would admit this, that um, Oasis were a huge influence on people of my age because they made it seem like you could write a song. The first song, other than my long lost Christmas Carol classic, the first song I remember kind of constantly trying to write was was essentially like a, real, a woeful Oasis kind of pastiche, like what you want to know or something like that. It was like that kind of, I just remember writing Watcha. Um, I, I don't think I wrote anything that stands up to scrutiny. Probably not, not, not much stands up to scrutiny, but I don't think I, I was really... What happened then when I was about maybe 15 or 16, um, unless I really think about it, I have, I, I'm, I'm never too sure about what age it was. Probably about 15, I went to rock school and I helped a guy write a song, but he was the primary songwriter. I just played a bit of keyboard and stuff on it. This was just like, a, you know, a week at, at, at Halloween or, or Easter or something and uh, got into a little bit into kind of recording and, and instrumentation and stuff. And that, that kind of spurred us. And I sort of... Messed around again with. I had a, an Amiga computer, and uh, my brother gave me, and it actually was fairly powerful. Even 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 in the late nineties, I was able to do some cool stuff with samplings. Of, I explored that a little bit, but I, I was kind of all over the shop. When I was about sixteen, I bought a four-track tape tape recorder, and I recorded a lot of guys, and I recorded my own bits and pieces. And I'd say when I was about seventeen, would be the first time I had a song that I can kind of look back and yeah, that was definitely a song. It wasn't some sort of cardiology. After he finished school, Cormac put more time into writing songs. He started a band with his friend. They played for a few years, released a record. I suppose it kind of petered out after that. Um, he moved on into into other into other projects. And then the big Monster Love name had been floating around. And eventually, I think it must have been towards the end of 2005, say, I started doing shows under that nom de plume and kind of concentrating on, you know, what 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 I could perform on my own, I suppose, as opposed to the songs that I could bring to a band. And how did the name come about? I probably shouldn't say this I'm on record, but I was working with this woman years ago and I was telling her about some nice out I had when I was young, free and single, and I'd managed to get to shift twice or something like that. And she called me a big love monster. <laughs> and then somehow we got a laugh out of that and that somehow then coalesced into the name we all love. <laughs> oh, the widows of Oakland are waiting and waiting on a stream of visitors that never ceases change the sheets in the spare room I'm there's gallons and gallons of freshly brewed tea There's triangle sandwiches balanced precariously Others oh, stories and gossip and crack And the young one 
the back. Some of the songs I write are, as, as, as I've matured, <laughs> um, as a songwriter, I've, I've kind of moved on to, you know, sometimes subject matter has nothing to do with me, sometimes trying to, you know, be, I suppose, experimental, just in the sense of, from the perspective of, 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 of someone that isn't myself. I think the, the voice in almost every song, not that they're, they're that other people can't sing them, but the, the, the voice, the perspective in most of my songs is some kind of cartoonized version of myself and yeah it took a huge amount of in- inspiration from stuff I remember from when I was a kid experiences when I was a teenager I still do I mean you know it's it's kind of I think that when you start if you if you if you sing stuff too general it just becomes like the most banal generic stuff like you you, you rely much more heavily on on actual performance and emoting through, through, through your voice and through your through musical performance if the lyrics, if you can't, you know, if the lyrics aren't actually saying something of substance, I don't think there's any particular rules of writing lyrics or anything like that, but the difference between, you know, and I'm going to love you forever versus the particulars of, say, the recently passed away David Berman had a very particular style and, you know, you can almost not mistake his lyrics for anybody else's and that sort of stuff really, as a songwriter, really appeals to have that ability. Dreams of dancing in the ballroom leaves. The branches grow far from the root. Dreams of dancing in the ballroom, the ballroom of you. Oh, the old coast road is so pothole. I don't know. We'll make it home without buckling the wheel on this old bicycle. Without buckling the wheel on this old bicycle. That song, uh, it was originally called The Widows of Oakland, which is kind of the refrain in it. Oakland is the name of the estate right beside where I, I grew up. Oaklands Avenue and Oaklands Park are the kind of majority of the houses in the area. I wrote it primarily about about my mother and after my father passed away. But around the same time, um, many people in the locality were looking out for her peers and stuff. And um, someone in the local, I think it was a, some parish group, was saying that in in a very short period of time, there was now. 50 new widows in the Oaklands area or something like that and when I just heard the you know that kind of construction widows of Oaklands it kind of there's a song in there somewhere and then it alludes to or directly refers to should I say my dad's wake which was quite a it was quite of a, a intense affair it was like quite a lot of people turned up and stuff and then in one of the few times I kind of moved away from singing about myself it kind of shifts towards an emotional kind of idea of of, of, of my mum when she was young and and you know what life was like then and you know uh, I suppose the way as we age you know you're, you you flip back and forth in your head between what you're doing now and what you're doing and and yeah she she's uh, she's she got me to change it to Dolores which is her middle name she didn't say I have to change it to that but she got me to change it because she was worried that, oh, if I refer to Oakland, so someone might take offence. But I don't think that would have been an issue. But it was, that's why it's called the Lord's. On my way home, 
Past the police discotheque Past another burnt out wreck Scaffolds reflect Scaffolds reflect This ancient street The wines in front of me Brings you to mind Brings you to mind, my Chapel Lane is about um, a friend of mine. I wrote it some years after he passed away, but he he, he passed away um, when we were in sixth year in secondary school. A guy called Graham, and he lived in Chapel Lane. And Chapel Lane is always this, this kind of like it's a it's a really old street, and it's, it's quite an old church, and there's a graveyard. It's very atmospheric. Even even today, with the whole town being built up around it, it retains a lot of its kind of atmosphere. And any time I'd be walking home up that street, you know, one of the things I think about was him and how, you know, he passed away so young and like kind of how unfair it felt for, to everybody. Um, he was a great guy with a lot of potential. He was uh, intending to become uh, a music journalist. Actually, he wanted to study journalism and go into that. Um, but it was not to be. You were a rare one. Whoa, you were a rare one. I really like the the feeling, and it's, it hasn't happened to me that often, where I have a, a final recording of a song, and I think it's right, or I think it's 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 sort of what I want, and the feeling from that's immense. It's probably the best part. sad to admit this but part of what part of the reason I wrote that song was that I was in a you know just a boy dint of, 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 of family circumstance until I was in my late 20s I didn't live away from home you know and so I, I, I spent I think one semester in college I lived beside the college but other than that I was very much at the at the apron strings as I say my, my, my family home and it kind of it kind of riffed on that, but also I suppose that Ireland's obsession with housing and it's, it's if it's anything it's it's worse now than it than it was when I wrote that. I I, I I struggle to remember exactly when I wrote it. I would say it's at least ten, twelve, thirteen maybe years ago that I wrote it. But it's kind of about that like you know finally striking out and realising, you know, I have to pay for everything now or you know, this sort of the, 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 there was also a notion in it and I, I hope it was conveyed of <clears throat> that your expectations from what you want in life necessarily shift so when you're a kid the idea of getting a bat and filling it with lemonade would actually probably be cool and you know you, you, what you were going to spend your conversation money on isn't necessarily what you would spend £100 on now or 127 euro now um, 
you know, and 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 that is not that's a positive thing, you know. But it was it was it was around that idea as well, you know, your changed expectations. Freak out forever, but the mortgage is a try. This year, Cormac, as Big Monster Love, is back playing gigs. You know, in my personal life, I think things have kind of settled down. As in everybody's life, things go up and down. Sometimes you're broke, sometimes you're not, sometimes you're mad busy. And I'm on a kind of a, a suitable kind of professional equilibrium now where I can countenance, you know, okay, I have the energy and the cash to, to do, do these things. I might as well do them if I enjoy them. And, you know, it's kind of... It's 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 not something I imagine I'll be doing. Uh, you know, I was doing it eighteen years ago. I don't really think I'll be doing it another eighteen years. So I might as well get a bit more out of it while the going's you know while the going's on me. You know, I think yeah. I just I I I, I want to perform more. I want to put out another release because I think you know people come to shows. It's nice hearing that people have listened to music separate from you. Um, it's you know it's, it's, it's something to do. <laughs> Big Monster Love plays Jigsaw this Friday, the 13th. He'll also be playing the Bellow Bar in Portobello in October and the Cobblestone in Smithfield in December, all in Dublin. You can download his album Game Over at bigmonsterlove.bandcamp.com. Okay, stay right there. I'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. CreateSchool.ie is this amazing company that has been delivering creative workshops in schools for over 20 years. It was founded by Peter Baxter. I'm an artist myself, a musician, and I love stop-motion animation. So it's just really cool to be able to share a passion with other people. They do all sorts of workshops like movie making, songwriting, stop-motion animation, and my personal favorite, podcasting. My name is Laura, and I'm... Ashton! (laughs) And we've got a great show for you today on the topic of science. These are the kinds of workshops that I would have loved to do in school as a kid. Well, that's probably why we do it, because everybody that works here, I think, shares that passion that they wish they had been able to do something like this. And my favourite piece would be when that little moment, that little spark, when somebody realises, wow... I can do this. If you want to plant that seed of creativity, the little acorn, go to createschool.ie and book a workshop now. Not to mention they also do training for teachers. That's createschool.ie. Thanks for listening and join us again soon. Meet Your Maker is produced by me, Liam Garrity. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Additional music in this episode was by Blue Dot Sessions. If you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor and leave a review on iTunes. Okay, that's it. See you in two weeks. Mm-hmm.